Thank you guys so much for tuning into the very first episode of Love That Journey for Us, the podcast. All the feedback and the DMs have been super sweet and all the support has been incredible. But I realized that in the very first episode, I did not hit on who I was, what my journey was, and what led me to this moment to you listening to this episode right now. So on this next episode, we're going to take it back. Um, I'm definitely going to speak about my journey, what inspired me to start this podcast, my time in therapy. I just hit one year in therapy and I couldn't be prouder of myself. And I will walk you guys through what that journey looked like for me, as well as, you know, some little tidbits about me. So without further ado, let's get into the second episode. For those of you who don't know me personally, my name is Paula Nicole, and in order to understand my perspective and know my journey, I have to take you back to being 19 and joining the military. I'm not going to get into all the details, but in order for it to all make sense, I need to hit on some key points. So let me set the scene for you. 19 years old, living on my own for the first time, doing my own thing, thinking I know what's best for me because, you know, at this point, I'm an adult. I get to my first base in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I meet a boy in July, and we are married by November. Yes, I said November of that same exact year. I'm not going to go into all the detail here, but just know that it was toxic. It was abusive. It was all the things that a healthy relationship aren't. Needless to say, I lost myself. I lost my identity, and my only goal during that time was how can I get this man to understand me? where I'm coming from, and what I actually need out of this relationship. (sighs) Now that seems super easy. Now that seems like a super easy thing to do, right? Just be like, hey, listen, this is what I need you to do, please. Well, in this situation, I had no idea how to express that. My form of communication back then was to cry and scream to get my point across, and then drink and write in my journals until I blacked out, wake up, and pretend like my life and my marriage were social media worthy, knowing damn well that I constantly wanted to disappear and I wanted to find ways to make him feel exactly what I felt in those moments of misunderstanding and hate. Because yes, I hated him, but part of me wanted to keep trying to make him love me. In 2015, I listened to an audiobook that changed my life. And yes, for those of you who know me know that I am dramatic, but this is an absolute true statement to me. I've mentioned the book before, and it's called You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Shout out to Jen. She literally changed my life. During this time, I was in complete victim mindset. I was always like, why is this happening to me, knowing subconsciously that I was allowing all of this to take place and enduring everything that I was giving him permission to treat me this way. But I packaged it up with a bow and called it unconditional love. Anyways, back to the book. There's a line in the chapter that says, it's not your fault you're fucked up. It's your fault if you stay fucked up. And to this day, that line lives in my mind rent-free, literally, all the time. Anytime I'm going through any situation and I feel myself falling back into victim mindset, I'm like, listen, it's not your fault you're fucked up, but you know you're fucked up, so fix that shit. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to figure out how the hell to accomplish my goals, stop thinking and caring about his feelings, and just do me. In a nutshell, that's what I ended up doing. I'd have my moments of backpedaling and reverting back to my old ways. But in the end, I was able to publish my book. If you want, you can pause me right now and go listen to the first episode to hear more about that. But needless to say, the marriage finally ended after eight years. 
So now that you have a bit about my backstory, let's fast forward to um, present day-ish. I got into a relationship with somebody who was exactly what I needed in that time. What I wanted and who I wanted to have as the main character of this fairy tale life I had been orchestrating in my mind since I was a kid. And it was great until the trauma from my first relationship started seeping in. And I just thought it was my first relationship. But when you go to therapy and you start working on yourself and actually understanding your trauma, you start to realize that it all had to do with your childhood. And I'm not knocking the way that I was raised or my family or my parents because they did the best that they could with what they knew. But until you actually start to understand who you are, what triggers you, and how that trauma affects you, you're going to stay stuck in the same place. Anyways, so it was great until the trauma of my first relationship started seeping in and I found myself reverting to my old ways. And those old ways, once again, were using silence and crying for everything as a means of communication. In turn, my insecurities kept creeping back up, even in constant reassurance that I would get at times. And I was feeling like I was losing control of everything I wanted out of life. And honestly, being in quarantine messes with your head big time. So this is when I decided to finally reach out and find a therapy center that focused on veterans and assisting them through their needs. When I had my intake appointment, I told the therapy lady at the front desk that the reason that I was in therapy was because I wanted to get better for the current relationship I was in and that my partner did not deserve the toxic traits that I was bringing into the relationship and I wanted to work on myself. Now, mind you, you can't do better, be better, or change yourself for someone because then you're defeating the purpose of your self-journey, your self-worth, and trying to figure out what triggers you and trying to honestly make yourself better. Because in all honesty, it's not another person's reason that you're triggered or you react a certain way. It all comes back to us and how we perceive things and how we deal with things and our style of communication and truly understanding our feelings. So until you can get to the root issue of what's causing you to react and respond in certain ways, you're never going to get better wanting to be better for somebody else. You have to do it for you. So a couple of days ago when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about in the second episode, I was thinking about my trauma and my journey through therapy. And I ended up writing this, so I'm going to read it to you guys. It says, I think the problem is when you don't know how to be there for someone and you so badly want to help make them feel better, there can be a lot of backlash for it. And that gets rooted in misunderstandings and a lack of communication. It's okay to be someone's everything they need for a moment in time. And it's okay to take a step back and realize that you can't be there for them anymore and you need to choose yourself. At the end of the day, no one person can help you through your trauma if you don't know what that trauma is. And even then, your trauma never leaves you. It becomes a part of you. And the more you understand it and the more awareness you bring to it, the better you will get at realizing those triggers and how those reactions and how to deal with them. You can't go into a relationship wanting to fix others and distract yourself from the real issue. At times, we are the common denominator in why things don't work out. We can't keep pointing fingers and placing blame. It's no one's job to fix us, to save us, to heal us. And yes, trauma stems from things we experience, but it's our decision whether we want to stay fucked up by it and let it control us or if we want to understand, grow, and heal from it. 
And writing that really put into perspective what my journey in therapy has been and throughout going each week or every other week, how, however it was, um, when I first started therapy, I was extremely quiet. And for those of you who know me know that I'm typically not a very quiet person, especially when you get to know me. I just keep talking and talking and talking. I'm pretty much an open book. But in therapy, it was completely different. I became extremely calculated in everything I said. And I think the reason for that is because when I was in the military, mental health is such a taboo thing um, and something that they quote unquote care about. But if you've ever been in that type of atmosphere, you know that the moment you decide to open up about your struggles, there's literally a target on your back and that can fuck up your career. So a lot of people in the military just keep silent about things that they're struggling about or they drink. Like in my case, I used to drink and take pills heavily um, just to numb the pain. So you kind of get into that mindset of, well, it doesn't matter what I say because nobody really cares anyways. Uh, So you get used to lying and saying that you're okay and everything is fine when you know that your entire world is caving in on you, but you're too scared to get help. In my case, I need to realize that I was only going to get out of it what I put in, that the longer I sat there in silence, the more time that I was wasting. And honestly, my sweet angel of a therapist, Jennifer, was going to get paid either way. So I decided that, fuck it, I'm going to open up. But it wasn't until week four that I kind of broke down and told my therapist that I was having a super shitty day and I was feeling a certain way. And from there, she asked the right questions and guided me to formulate my own conclusions. And that's another thing about therapy that I believe there's a huge stigma around. I had that stigma as well. You see it in movies, you see it in TV shows where you're sitting down talking to your therapist and they're just taking notes and they're looking at you like you're crazy. Or uh, there's some situations that I've seen in um, movies or TV shows where they're telling you exactly what to do. And at least from my case, that that definitely was not it at all. She just guided me in our conversations to kind of understand what I was going through and what caused me to feel that way and why I felt that way and helped me switch my mindset a little bit. And that is one of the things that I love about my particular therapist is that she's never given me the right answer. She's only guided me to them. So, so I remember watching the video example and I just cried and it was like a flood of realizations hitting me like a ton of bricks. In that moment, I was like, damn, the reason I gravitated towards chaotic love was because it's what I grew up around. The reason I felt the need to fix others and constantly focus on everyone else's problems was so I wouldn't have to deal with my own. The reason I had abandonment issues was because I felt like my biological father had abandoned me when I was younger. The reason I felt the need to try harder and not be a quitter was because of my obsessive need to prove a point that I was enough. And one of the most realizing examples that I had in my life was when I left for the military, my younger brother, who was four years younger than me, um, kind of lost his way and started coping with things using drugs and ended up in and out of jail and rehab centers. And he overdosed one time, um, but he's he's doing better now. But I remember meeting this girl 
in 2015 and she was my brother's age and I so badly wanted to just take her under my wing and have her be a part of my life and make sure that she was okay. And I remember the first time that we had a real conversation and she kind of opened up to me. I remember looking at her and being like, I got you. Like no matter what, I got you. And to this day, she knows who she is. I still have her back. But honestly, now going through therapy, I realized that that was one of my coping mechanisms and one of my ways of needing to satisfy that urge to fix somebody because I wasn't there for my brother. And to me, it was like a sign from the universe. This girl came into my life. She was my brother's age. She was starting her life by herself. And I just wanted to make sure that nothing happened to her whatsoever. Um, so yeah, that's that's a little story there. So the more I learned about myself in therapy, the more I started to piece together the pieces of me that I needed to heal and the pieces that I needed to learn from and grow through. One of the scariest things about me is my need to control. If I, for any reason, feel like any part of my life is spiraling out of my control, I'll find a way or something that I can control and fix it. And for me, usually it's my weight. In 2018, when I was going through my first divorce, I decided that the only thing that I could control was my weight. So after months of eating my feelings and binging, I extreme dieted. I went from 160 pounds down to 118 pounds in less than five months. Now, mind you, this was a lot easier for me to do because I was deployed in Afghanistan. I literally only ate once a day and I was walking at least 10 to 15 miles a day. So that's why the weight fell off. But needless to say, you know, you come back to America and you have all of the good food and all of the good things. And I was just like, oh, you know what? I've already hit my my target goal weight. So fuck it. I'm just going to eat and do what I want. And to say the least, I lost my damn mind when all the weight came flooding back even quicker. And honestly, this can be an episode all on its own if you guys would like that. But with all of this being said, my time in therapy hasn't fixed me completely. Healing from trauma isn't a linear process. You don't have these epiphanies and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I'm completely different. I'm fixed. I'm a different person. That shit stays with you. But then you start to learn more about who you are and what makes up the deepest parts of your being. And that's where the real work starts. So one of my biggest takeaways from my year in therapy and everything that I've learned is when situations happen, one of the questions that I ask myself is, why is this hurting me? Or why is this affecting me? Or what am I allowing that is causing me to react this way? And you start to realize when you answer those questions that it's either there to push you or help you grow or teach you a lesson that you need to learn. You have to sit back and create time and space for yourself to allow yourself to digest what is needed for you to protect your peace. Sometimes you don't always understand it when it's being done to you, but that could be the other person doing what's necessary for them because you could be their trigger. And honestly, that's something that's really hard to hear. But when you start to understand yourself, your trauma, your hurts, your triggers, all of that stuff, you start to get an awareness for not only yourself, but those around you. So you have to show yourself some grace. You have to love where you're at right now because even though you don't feel like you're where you need to be or you're not making any progress, just knowing what your triggers are, how your trauma affects you, 
all that awareness is progress. And lastly, what I've realized is that for the last, uh, I'll say 29 years, my entire identity has been a trauma response. And this is the first time in my life that I'm choosing to rewrite my story to figure out what journey I want to go on. What do I like? Who do I want to be in the future? And that's part of why I started this podcast, honestly, because I am such an introvert when it comes to my feelings that I would escape to my journals. And from there, it evolved a little bit. And I started blogging on my website. But for a lot of people that I know or many people that I don't know, reading isn't a form that they like to digest information. Sometimes you need audio. Sometimes you need visual. And I feel like my mission and my goal on this earth while I'm here is to inspire people to give them a platform that allows them to talk about their journey, to talk about what they've gone through from their perspective. Because you can sit here and point fingers and be like, oh, this person did this to me and that person did that to me. But it's just like the example you can go and two people can go into a movie, see the same exact movie, but come out with two completely different experiences. And one of the most profound examples that I have heard is when talking about and dealing with uh, my brother's situation and how I felt so guilty for leaving him and not being there for him. And maybe if I would have stayed at home and not joined the military, I could have helped him through whatever it is that he was going through. And I remember hearing the example of two brothers growing up in the same household with an alcoholic dad. One brother ends up going off to college, has a family, has a career, is doing great in life. And the other brother goes down a different path and he becomes an alcoholic and his life is in shambles. And they bring in both brothers and ask him the same question. And the question is, why did you turn out the way that you did? And their answers are exactly the same. And they both say, it's because my father was an alcoholic. And that's to say that you could go through the same exact experience and the same exact event, but the way that you come out of it and what you process from it and how you develop from that experience is completely different. No one's journey is the same, but honestly, if you take a step back and actually listen to other people's stories and hear where they're coming from, there's similarities there and we could definitely learn from other people's perspectives. And that's exactly what love this journey for us is about. Thank you for listening to the second episode. I love you guys. Until next week, remember, this is your life. You're worthy. You are full of love. Give yourself grace for this moment and every moment where you just feel like, damn, I just need to feel what the fuck I need to feel. And that's okay. I love you guys. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening to the second episode of Love That Journey for Us. If you like what you heard or have any type of feedback, Anchor has a really cool feature where you can actually leave me an audio message and I can listen to it. And who knows, maybe you might hear your 
review and response in next week's episode. You can hit the link in my bio and click on leave me a message. And from there, you just put in your information and voila, you can leave me a voice note. I hope you have an incredible week. And as always, remember, give yourself grace and love yourself through your journey. I love you guys.